Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Glory to God. Last night, uh, Pastor Stevens preached a powerful, powerful sermon. And I want to give you part two of that sermon this morning. Because we live in prophetic times, beloved. And uh, how many know we are living in the last days? I mean, we see the evidence all around us as we read Matthew chapter 24, Luke chapter 21. And most of you know, I know I do the end time series, but I've been really stirred uh, for the last two, three months on this sermon. And we see the signs in the wars and the rumors of wars Jesus spoke about. We see the signs in the earthquakes, uh, the pestilence, the famines. Uh, uh, but you know what's very interesting to me? In Matthew 24, right in the middle of this, all of a sudden Jesus begins to change what he's talking about. Uh, and he begins to say that no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, but only my Father. And he begins to speak of when the rapture will occur that no one knows. We just have to be prepared for it. But in verse 37 of that text in Matthew 24, all of a sudden he makes a statement that almost seems entirely out of context. He says, as in the days of Noah. And God began to really stir me on that particular statement that he made, because what did he mean by that? And as you study this out, what he's actually talking about, and you see the correlation is that Noah lived in an age that was very quickly ripening for judgment. And the Lord Jesus drew a direct parallel between the days in which Noah lived and the days that would immediately precede his return. Now what this should do is mark or highlight the days of Noah with a very special interest for you and I today. And should focus our attention with a new enthusiasm on those chapters in Genesis in the Bible that really describe Noah's age. The question I want you to ponder this morning as we sit here in this conference body is do we as a Christian, as a fellowship, or even as a church see the amazing correlation? And I want to look at with you this morning as we examine, as in the days of Noah, out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. And I'm going to read out the Amplified Version for you. The Bible says, But of that exact day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For just as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, men marrying, I want you to note that, and women being given in marriage until the very day when Noah went into the ark. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming 
of the Son of Man. Let's pray. Lord, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, I ask the anointing, uh, Lord, uh, to come down in this place. God, speak unto your people revelation. Give them understanding. Anoint your servant. Uh, I thank you for the privilege and the honor to minister behind this sacred desk, Lord God. Uh, and I thank you for the opportunity we have in these last days, Lord, to reach the, the harvest field that you've given us, God. Uh, in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, Amen. As in the days of Noah. I want to look, first of all, the amazing similarity. Because as we study the age of Noah, there are seven points that I saw that the days of Noah were marked by that prove an amazing similarity to the days you and I live in. And this is why the Lord Jesus wants us to make this correlation to these last days. First of all, it was an age of spiritual decline. Genesis 6, 1 through 5. Uh, when men began to multiply in the face of the land uh, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took wives of all they desired and chose. Uh, and then the Lord said, My spirit shall not forever dwell and strive with man, for he also is flesh. But his days shall yet be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God lived with the daughters of men. And they bore children to them. They were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. What we see here, beloved, is the, the begin, the Bible begins to mark the, this age of spiritual decline where men, instead of seeking God, who God, amen, created in his image, they begin to move away from God. The man was no longer looking to God, but he was looking to himself. Actually, this was the beginning of self-realization. Hello. And everything began to concentrate and focus. Uh, he began to focus on the existing world to the point uh, that is very interesting to me as you study this out. Uh, that God began to set a limit on man's existence. In the previous chapter you read uh, how you read uh, on the lineage uh, and how some of these people lived uh, 800, uh, Methuselah, 900 and some years. Uh, and all these different, and all of a sudden God says, uh, man's gonna, I'm going to have to put a limit on man's mankind on his existence and it's going to be 120 years the new living translation said then the lord said my spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time for they are only mortal flesh and in the future their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years but there's more than than just the 120 years beloved that limitation because what i believe what god was doing also because he saw the depravity he saw the different things uh, that man was involved in, in, including pulling away from himself, amen. Uh, and he began to set a limit uh, on the period of grace that he was going to give before judgment. Isn't it interesting that Noah preached for exactly 120 years? God said, uh, I'm going to put up with this human flesh uh, probably no more than 120 years and then Noah preaches for 120 years exactly and what's amazing to me uh, his only converts were his wife his three sons and his son's wives just seven people in all of the existing earth at that time uh, were the ones that went into that ark and but you also study this out they were the only descendants of the godly seed of Seth Meantime, the godless seed of Cain continued to multiply and 
With each generation, you see, they begin to grow farther and farther away from the God who had created them. Because this all began with, amen, Cain, amen. We read in Genesis 4, 16, so Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, wandering east of Eden. And Cain's wife, one of Adam's offspring, became pregnant and bore Enoch. And Cain built a city and named it after his son Enoch. So we see that from Cain they begin, he says he, he moved away from the presence of the Lord. And so that connotation there is that he's getting further away from God, from his presence. Because that's exactly what happens when you and I, amen, backslide. We, further, we go away from the presence of the Lord. See, we have that same mark in mankind today. Pastor Stevens hit on that, that with each generation that passes, we begin to expound from the 60s where the beginning of this, uh, amen. I begin to get excited when he was preaching last night uh, because that's exactly what God's been dealing with me, amen, in that area too. And what we see is that same mark in mankind today with each generation that is born, uh, they begin to... They're continuing to work not to get closer to God, but to move further and further away from the presence of the Lord. And that's what was a mark in, uh, in Noah's day, beloved. It was spiritual decline. Amen. The second mark I see was a mark in Noah's day of social dilemma. And there's two things that are involved in this. Number one, a marked increase in population. Genesis 6-1, when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them. Uh, and then the Bible continues to give, uh, you know, the generations and how they begin to multiply. Uh, we see that same thing happening today. Uh, there's a tremendous increase uh, in world population. The world population has experienced, one article says, continuous growth since the end of the Great Famine and the Black Death. Uh, in 1350, when it stood around 370 million people, uh, but by 1960, the world's population was 3 billion people. As of today, it is estimated the number is 7.031 billion by the United States Census Bureau. And according to separate estimates by the United Nations Population Fund, it reached this milestone on October 31st, 2011. But they also estimate that by 2050, the world's population will jump up again to 10.5 billion billion people. And so we see that same mark that there was a marked increase in population and we see that happening again. The second thing was a marked increase in crime and violence. And Pastor Stevens hit so powerfully on this last night, but I'll just give you some more statistics and more information. Genesis 6:11 as in the days of Noah, Jesus said, uh, it says in verse 11, the earth was depraved and putrid in God's sight, uh, and the land was filled with violence, desecration, infringement, outrage, assault, and lust for power. If that doesn't describe the day and age you and I, day and age you and I live in, I don't know what paper or what, you know, what you're, you're reading, but I'm telling you, you can see this trend today, beloved, 
And again, it began in those days, amen, it all began. Uh, we can see the pattern there in Genesis 4, 23. The Bible says, And Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say, for I have slain a man merely for wounding me, and a young man only for striking and bruising me. And if Cain was avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech will be avenged seventy-sevenfold. And so you see that uh, the violence beginning to escalate it from Lamech there. Uh, and Jesus said, it's the, and the days of Noah, so shall it be. Uh, amen. In the last days, beloved. Uh, and today we see that same pattern, that escalation, beloved. Uh, violence continues to increase. Uh, uh, man against his fellow man, uh, violating his, you know, personally Property-wise, amen. We see this through the wars. We see this through the riots. Uh, we see this through growth, government overthrows that's happening. We see this through gang violence. Uh, the drug cartels, uh, they're becoming more and more brutal, uh, amen. I don't know if you wrote, read the story about the, the 39 heads they found right outside of Monterey, Mexico. Uh, heads, but never found the bodies. And then out of sight of Mexico City, they found another 40, 45 bodies with no heads and no arms. And, they're staying, and, they're, and they had a whole article about this, how the brutality of these cartels is increasing. And all of this is tied to directly to what Jesus said that existed in the days of Noah and it will be the same in the last days. Domestic violence. On average, more than three women and one man are murdered by their intimate partners in this country every day. One in five women report that she has been raped or physically or sexually assaulted in her lifetime. The health-related costs of intimate partner violence exceeds $5.8 billion each year. Of that amount, nearly $4.1 billion are for direct medical and mental health care services. And nearly $1.8 billion are for the indirect costs that are lost by for productivity or wages. Approximately one in five female high school students report being physically and or sexually abused by a dating partner. Date rape accounts for almost 70% of sexual assaults reported by adolescent and college age women. And studies suggest that between 3.3 and 10 million children witness some form of domestic violence annually. The statistics just continue to grow and grow and grow because you're seeing the brutality. You're seeing the violence increase. And, and Jesus said, uh, this is as in the days of Noah. The third mark that we see is not only that, but it's tied to that is, well, no, let me go back, the murder too. You know, just they've been talking about, talked about Columbine this morning. They talked about, uh, you've heard Aurora, Colorado. And then just this Sunday, there was this guy that walked into Wisconsin into a Sikh temple and killed six people. And on the news this morning, I was coming, I was hearing on the news, I just caught the tail end that they caught two more guys in trying to get into these movie theaters with guns and knives and everything. They were prepared to take out some more people. And they were at the showing of this uh, dark night thing. I don't know what's connection there, but I, I guarantee you down the road, we're going to see a connection. 
I guarantee you that. And it's all linked, to, not to mention the violence that is being released. Study after study shows the violence that's being released in the home through video games and these games uh, and all these different things, beloved. And we could go on and on and on. But I want you to note, uh, do you see the similarity there to what Jesus was referring to as in the days of Noah? The third thing was the shameless depravity. That was a major mark in those days. And Pastor Stevens hit on that powerfully, how the agenda is to move in these institutions, amen, uh, to move people in the direction of moral decline, amen. Uh, But see, Jesus said it's going to be the same way in the last days because it was in the days of Noah. Genesis 6, verse 5. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination and intention of all human thinking was only evil continually. And God looked upon the world and saw how degenerate, debased, and vicious it was. For all humanity had corrupted their way upon the earth and lost their true direction. And God said to Noah, I intend to make an end of all flesh. For through men the land is filled with violence. And behold, I will destroy them and the land. We see the statistics increasing. Porno. He mentioned that last night. But not only that, child porno. There's not one day that you don't read in a newspaper article or see some uh, article that's referring to someone being busted for having hundreds of images of child pornography on their computer. Here's an article about a ring they just busted a couple days ago. It was a major, it was a two-year probe going on, unraveling a vast child pornography ring involving 43 people from different nations. In the end, 43 uh, men have been arrested over the past two years uh, in a horrific, far-flung child porno network that unraveled like a sweater with a single loose thread. Authorities have identified more than 140 young victims so far and say there is no end in sight as they pour through hundreds of thousands of images that they have found on the suspect's computers. This is becoming everyday thing in the newspaper. Children being abused sexually and videotaped uh, in this, uh, you know, uh, uh, the age of children having sex. Uh, uh, Pastor Stevens hit on that, amen. Uh, he told you that in Mexico, in those areas, uh, that the, cha- the consent law is uh, around 12 years old. Well, let me tell you, in Sweden and Europe, they're trying to drop it down to nine years old. And then we have the homosexual agenda. Which is trying to force their lifestyle upon everyone. And I'll get more on that. That's the whole thing behind the Chick-fil-A thing. And not only that, uh, there's, you can get into the Boy Scout, uh, the whole uh, you know, uproar about their policies. And I'm going to give you more information on that. But you know, just, uh, just for the sake, I saw this article in the Phoenix uh, Repulsive. And that's what I call it. The Arizona Republic, but it's that Arizona Phoenix repulsive, I call it. Because, I mean, you start reading it, you start getting repulsed. (laughs) I was reading this article about how there was going to be a passing of the baton, amen. uh, Not for the Olympics, but for Mr. Gay, Arizona. So I thought I'd Google it like, (laughs) I got vexed. 
It pulled up, uh, amen. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I just Googled uh, gay beauty pageant. And it gave me beauty pageants from all over the world, about four or five pages. Uh, and in some places, including the Philippines, because they, they got upset with each other because I guess the gay person didn't win. Uh, he killed the guy who won the pageant. I'm telling you, you see all these things happening because God looked upon the world and saw how degenerate, debased, and vicious, how the earth had lost, man had lost his true direction. I'm telling you, amen. Man has lost his true direction. But Jesus said, as in the days of Noah. The fourth Mark that I see is scientific development and advancement. Genesis 4, 20. And Ada bore Jabel. And he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have cattle and purchase possessions. And his brother's name was Jubal. And he was the father of those who play the lyre and the pipe. Zillah bore Tubal Cain, who was the forger of all cutting instruments of bronze and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Namah. And so what you have there is the progression of scientific development and advancement in the earth at that time. And Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, you know, today you can see scientific development and advancement is unprecedented. The technology, every, amen, every time you turn around, there's a new form or gadget or gadget that is there to help you in some form or fashion. We see computers, phones, communications, warfare technology. We see transportation. I was thinking about this, amen, amen. If someone was born in 1912, and they exist today, 2012. Back in 1912, there was not even a car. Hello? What they have seen in just the past 100 years, from 1912 to 2012, is only 100 years. We're talking last night, Pastor Stevens was talking last night about 50 years, how just the moral decline in the 50 years. But think of all the scientific development and advancement, and I don't have the time to go into that, but you understand, amen, your kids are working with things that, you know, you know they're playing with things, amen, electronically, amen, that didn't even exist just when you were a child. All we had was little army figures. We had Tonka trucks and we could bust someone's head up. I'll tell you about those things. Amen. We're heavy. Amen. But all we had the little army figures. That's what I used to play with, the little army figure. Now you got things you can control by remote control and blow each other up and all this crazy stuff. Amen. Because the scientific development advancement uh, is unprecedented. But let me tell you, Jesus said this was one of the marks because it was one of the marks of Noah's day. The fifth mark that I see is strong delusion. The ark in itself, I want you to understand, was a monumental message to that generation. It was a visible monument to a coming wrath. A loud call to men and women to flee from the wrath to come. The ark was a picture of the grace of God, beloved. It was physically there, amen. A symbolic of the ark of salvation, amen. Literally, because 
The only ones that were going to be saved were the ones that would go into that ark. And so God, amen, you got to understand, here's Noah, amen, showing and telling them, which is true, the love of God. People get upset with us because we preach on judgment and we preach on those things. But let me tell you that, you know, that's not the love of God, but the love of God, beloved, is exactly that, a warning from the wrath to come. But the preaching of Noah fell on deaf ears. They mocked him. Some vacillated. They probably some wrote articles and editorials or they watched special programs on CNN. And did rebuttals as to why there could never be a universal flood. Hello. It's got to be global warming. A judgment from a loving God. Because, see, they were under a delusion. And what delusion does, beloved, is you are so deluded that they go on living and doing the same things every day. Amen. Jesus put it this way for you and I, Matthew 24, verse 38. In the Amplified, that's why I read that. For just as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, men marrying and women being given in marriage. How many know when men start to marry, beloved, uh, each other? Hello. They are under a strong delusion. When women begin to marry each other. I believe that's why the Amplified deliberately puts that in there because that's the thought that Jesus wants to convey to us uh, that those things were considered normal. That was going on in Noah's day, beloved. Uh, and he says it's going to be going on in the last days as well. Uh, he says until the very day when Noah went into the ark and they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The Barnes note says about that portion of scripture, the things mentioned here denote attention to the affairs of this life rather than to what was coming upon them. The Adam Clark commentary says, that is, they spent their time in rapine, luxury, and riot. The design of these verses seems to be that the desolation should be as general as it should be unexpected. I had to look up that word rapine, amen, because I'm a Mexican. I don't, I don't, what the heck? Rapine. But you know what's very interesting? Listen to me. This is where I got some revelation about what's going on. The word rapine comes from the Latin word rapina or raper. It's to snatch, to seize. See the word rape. The act of seizing and carrying off by force or prop others' property, plundering and pillaging. And it's very interesting because it gave me a reference to Luke 17, uh, 26, uh, where Jesus, uh, again, is speaking of the last days. Uh, and, and the Amplified says, And just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the time of the Son of Man. People ate, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage. Right up to the day when Noah went into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So it was, so also it was the same as it was in the days of Lot, he adds. I want you to mark that down. 
So he's referring to Noah, and now he's referring to the days of Lot, where people ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the very day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. See, the whole issue, beloved, we see going on around us, uh, these things that are happening and transpiring is all prophetic, beloved. It's all tied to the prophecy here that Jesus said it would be like in the days of Noah and similar to the days of Lot uh, where they were doing these things. Uh, they were spending their time, uh, amen, snatching or seizing uh, the act of seizing and carrying off by force others, their property, their plundering, their pillaging. And that's exactly what the agenda of the homosexual is, uh, to carry off or to force you to make them accepted. That's what the whole issue. That's why they had you know, they had the Chickafilla support day, and so they had to come up with something counter. You know, he was hitting on that last night. The only thing this man said that he was guilty as charged for defending the biblical definition of a family. I thought we still had right of free speech in this country. It's amazing to me that you got right of free speech as long as you're supporting homosexuality. But if you dare speak against it and just basically say that you're defending the biblical definition of a family, which is the true definition of a family, then all of a sudden they big up, make an issue because the agenda, beloved, is just like it was in the days of Lot where they were sitting there outside of the door and they were trying to carry off, they were so perverted, they're trying to carry off these angels of God by force. See the word rape. They're trying to force their agenda. So they have to come up with a kiss more chicks day. That was this last Friday where the homos got all upset because people were, you know, here in the Phoenix area, they sold out of food at all the Chick-fil-A's. I don't know about the rest of the country, but here they sold out. So a few queers had to get together. And they had to come to Kiss More Chicks Day, where they were deliberately challenged to go to a Chick-fil-A and kiss males, kiss males, and females, kiss females. Hello. But Peoria resident Sally Albrecht hoped to encourage both Christianity. She was there too, with the importance of freedom of speech. As a Christian, I feel I have to stand up against this, Albrecht said. We deserve freedom of speech without the whole world coming down on us. Amen. Hello. See, that's the issue. That's the issue behind, uh, you know, the Boy Scout. You know, the same thing. They begin make a big old issue because the Boy Scout, uh, which is a pub, it's not a, it's a private agency because they have a policy that does not allow people that are homosexual in there. Uh, and uh, they're all upset about that, trying to change that. But see, they don't tell you the rest of the story. What's behind this? The reason why is because uh, here's a report that came out uh, that Boy Scout files detail repeated child sexual abuse. Uh, internal documents from the Boy Scouts of America reveal more than 125 cases in which men suspected of molestation allegedly continued to abuse scouts uh, uh, it says a Los Angeles Time review of more than 
1,200 files from 70 to 91, uh, found suspected abusers regularly remaining in the organization after officials were first presented with sexual misconduct allegations. These predators simply moved from troop to troop because of clerical errors, computer glitches in the scouts' failure to check the blacklist, which has become known as the perversion files, in the newspaper said. See, so the Boy Scouts set up a perversion file in order to protect, uh, amen, the children and the Boy Scouts. Uh, that's what they're after because they're trying to deliberately take by force. Because Jesus said, just like they did in Noah's day, just like they did in Lot's day. And the issue he's dealing with here is that all of this perversion, all of this debauchery, all of these things were considered in the normal flow of life. And what Jesus is saying, it's going to be the same in the last days. And let me tell you, so it is. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three. Premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. The sixth mark I see was some true devotion. There was some devotion to God, but as I said, it was limited. And in those days, it was limited to Noah and his family. Seven people in total that would be saved, amen. But I want you to understand something, what he's talking about, true devotion, amen. What I saw in true devotion is people that were totally committed. Their passion, as we've been hearing preached all week, amen, is, was totally consumed with God and the things of God, amen. Noah, for 120 years, he was passionate, amen, about his involvement in the kingdom of God, amen. He continued to preach for 120 years. He continued to work on the ark, literally working on the ark of salvation. Amen. And in Genesis 6, 8, in spite of all these people, you can imagine the mocking, all the ridicule he went through. But in Genesis 6, 8, it says, but Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the history of the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and a righteous man, blameless in his evil generation. And Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God and Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
see seven people. But his pastor, you know, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they begin to push back on the evil, the perversion, the wickedness of their day. But I want you to note something else. It was only these seven people who went in the ark, who did it God's way. Because that's what that picture is of the ark. Only those that were going to be in the ark were going to be saved. The rest of them, they went their own way. See, the world today is filled with so many backsliders, beloved. But also, the danger that you see, and Pastor Stevens hit on that, it's becoming very unpopular and even dangerous to be a born-again, radical Christian today. But in spite of that, Noah had a passion for his generation. He had a passion for the salvation of souls, for people to be saved. But they had to come in the right way. They could only be saved if they walked into that ark. See, the ark was a picture of salvation and was a picture of salvation God's way. Just like today, that was the vessel that God used. And today, he's using the church. And Jesus is the only way of salvation. People today, they, because they're getting further and further away from God, they're doing the whole New age thing and self-realization and, you know, you, you can become God in all this garbage, amen. But see, even Jesus said, don't, don't be alarmed by that. He's telling us uh, it was the same way in Noah's day and it's going to be the same way in the last days. The last point I see or the last mark was it was a generation that was marked by sudden destruction. Genesis 6, 7, so the Lord said, I will destroy, blot out, and wipe away mankind whom I've created from the face of the ground. Not only man, but the beast and the creeping things and the birds of the air. For it grieves me and makes me regretful that I have made them. That's pretty bad when God regrets (laughs) what he made. But it's talking about sudden destruction. Matthew 24, 39, Jesus says, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. You know the story you read there, amen. All of a sudden, Noah, his family go into the ark. He takes all the animals he's supposed to take. And then all of a sudden, amen, the Bible says, very carefully record, and God closed the door. When God closes the door, the door is closed. That's it. And all of a sudden, you read where water begin to Flow, amen, begin to rain, amen, like it's never rained before, amen. All of a sudden, the water begins to break up from the ground. It's not only coming from the heaven, it's coming from underneath. And you begin to see this huge destruction. And you read where everything that had the breath of God, the life of God in its nostrils, they all died, every one of them. Sudden destruction. Now we read that God's not going to use water. He's going to use fire. And there's a day of sudden destruction that's coming upon us. These are the seven marks that the days of Noah were marked by. But see, the question this morning is, do you see the direct correlation 
to the day and hour we live in because Jesus gave us this powerful analogy. Also, Romans chapter 1 gives us the manifestation of all of these seven marks in the last days. Prophetically speaking, Paul writes to the Roman church and he says in Romans 1, 23, and I'm going to read you out of the uh, uh, New Living Translation. Listen to this. And instead of worshiping the glorious, verse 23, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and indulged instead in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with their lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that they deserved. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They were backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand and break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice required that those things, that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. And worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. And what we have in Romans chapter 1 in that portion of scripture is the manifestation of all seven of those marks that Jesus gave us that were going to be the same marks in Noah's day, the same marks basically in Lot's day, beloved. And they are going to be the same marks and are the same marks that you and I see today. I want to look very quickly at a needed response because Genesis 7.13 tells us that very day Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their wives. And then verse 16, like I said, then the Lord closed the door behind them. What I believe God is showing us and what he's making, uh, you know, this whole reference to Noah's day. Because just like God set a limit on his grace in those days, Jesus in the text is giving us a powerful clue that you and I, I believe with all my heart, are approaching the end of the limit of God for His grace for you and I. We are living in that dispensation of grace. How many understand that? We're living in a dispensation of grace, but for most part the church world doesn't understand that. They use it for greasy grace, I call it, which is an excuse for their sin, Amen. But see, that grace of God, just like in the days of Noah, it had a limitation, about 120 days. Amen. You read that, it's the same approach in Lot's day. Amen. That's why he refers to Lot. How many know that God gave him grace? Lot grace. Amen. He gave them warning, but that grace had a limitation as well because there came a day when Lot was out. Amen. And God saw that he was out in safety where he had put him. Amen. Then he brought judgment just like he did in Noah's day and the Bible promises that that same thing's going to happen in our day 
in the last days. Because the ark was a type of rapture, just like Lot was a type of rapture. But you and I will experience the true rapture. Whether it's dead or alive, it don't matter. <laughs> Glory to God. Some people say, well, what if I die before them? You know, well, you know, so what? If you're saved, amen. I read in the Bible where that grave's going to pop open, amen. Bam, and then, boom, you're going to be gone anyway. But the warning in Luke 7, 32 from Jesus is right in the middle after he says that, he says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Why? Because she looked back. Because that's where her heart was. Her heart was in the world, just like these people in Noah's day. Their heart was not with God. Their heart was in the world, in their sin, and their lifestyle of Sodom. And it was all considered normal. What do you preachers get all upset about? We're just fighting for our civil rights. No, this is not civil rights. It's, it's not civil rights. It's to force, to carry away by force. Because when they begin to say that they have freedom of speech, but we as the church no longer have freedom of speech, then just like Pastor Stephen said, there's something wrong, really wrong, and America's in big trouble. See, remember Lot's wife. 1 Thessalonians 4 and Revelations 4 speak about the rapture. But again, you see that God doesn't bring judgment until his people or the church is removed to heaven. Now, this should encourage you unless you're like Lot's wife. Where's your heart this morning? She looked back. That means there was a longing, a divided heart. She was torn between two decisions. See, she wanted to escape the judgment, but she also wanted the world. See, that's like a lot of people in church. They want to escape the judgment. Let me tell you, Noah's day, they wanted to escape the judgment. But they wanted the world. And in the end, that's what they got. You can't have both. You have to choose one or the other. And what Lot's wife is an example and a warning right there and then that Jesus is trying to help us. That we can't have Jesus and then also want the world. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you shall serve. Because just as in the days of Noah and Lot, Jesus said it will be the same in the last days. See, what I see, beloved, is the fulfillment of prophecy. Just like in the days of Noah, let me tell you, what I see is an acceleration. And this world is very quickly ripening for judgment. And what God's trying to warn us and tell us. Is just like in the days of Noah, where God put a limitation in his grace. The rapture, just like God closed the door on that ark, the rapture is going to close the door on the dispensation of grace and release that judgment. The question becomes, will we have that same passion for kingdom purpose that Noah did? 
Can we still keep preaching the truth? It's going to become harder, as Pastor said last night. Amen, you saw that. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was just bringing confirmation. My heart was leaping when he was preaching this because this is exactly the theme, the way that that God's been speaking to me. Because you need to understand, beloved, that's what I believe is happening, amen, here in our nation, and not only in our nation, but all over the world, is that God is telling us, The time of my grace is limited, and it's just about over. And you see the pattern repeated over and over. See, because it was the godless descendants of Cain who produced what we now know as the fine arts, the sciences, and even the cultures of what the Bible scholars call the antediluvian world. Cain taught men to settle in cities, to get away from the presence of God, giving rise to an urban society. It was Jabal who taught people agricultural pursuits. Study that on your own. Jubal who gave men the refinements of advancing civilization. Tubal Cain who brought in an industrial revolution. And it was the Canaanite woman. That's why their sister, this is the only one that's mentioned. Amen. There's a reason why. Because if you go back, what she did, the Canaanite, Canaanite women who leapt began to leap into prominence. It was only the Sethites or the godly descendants of Seth. They lived not for this world, but for the next. That was Noah and his family. They were the only descendants of Seth. You and I were descendants of Seth spiritually. If you've jumped into the ark, if you've gotten into the boat of salvation, you need to understand you need to stay in there. Because it was only the ones that stayed and remained in the ark that were saved. See, as our brother ministered this morning, what are you living for? But see, what world are you living for? The Sethites lived for another world. They knew there was one better to come. They didn't want to have anything to do with this world. Because they knew it was coming to an end. This world's coming to an end real quick. The issue is, what world are you living for? Amen. That's all I have this morning. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.